Imagine's Coaling Studio is where efficiency meets creativity. Our new integrated solution brings together our next level coaling algorithm along with in-app reviewing and AI editing in a single intuitive platform. Tailored for photographers who value both speed and personalized quality results, Imagine strives to enhance every aspect of your post-production process. Open the Imagine app and give the new Coaling Studio a try today. I have a few more a few more questions for the question. <laughs> yeah. And and what's the food like where I'm going? <laughs> yeah. What's the food it's situation? It's Steakhouse. It's pretty convincing. I mean, it's they're consistent, so if you if it's on Mars, you know it's going to be consistent just like it is here. Wonder what the first chain will be on Mars. Right? It's a TGI Fridays. Workflows is a podcast about saving you time and money in your photography business. I'm your host, Scott Wyden-Kipowitz, a photographer and content creator who struggles with dyslexia, colorblindness, introversion, and anxiety stemming from years of being bullied as a child. Guess what? Workflows have been my rock. I have workflows for every aspect of my life. That's why I am so happy to bring you Workflows, a podcast presented by Imagine. As a company dedicated to saving you time and money in your photography business, it makes sense to enhance and expand the conversation to all things Workflows. Tune in and subscribe to hear stories, strategies, and tools that can be your rock. Hear from people just like you. Get to work with Workflows. Our guest today needs no introduction. You have probably seen his face, heard his voice, probably have seen one of his YouTube videos at some point. Taylor Jackson is an incredible person. Uh, if you don't already know him, I guess I'll give you an introduction. But Taylor started his creative journey with music photography, capturing images of bands that he admired. However, his knack for photography didn't stay hidden for so long. Friends started requesting him to cover their weddings, igniting his passion for candid wedding photography and niche he now excels in with over 90% of his wedding projects being entirely candid. He's a trailblazer in the industry, being the first photographer in the world to offer both photography and highlight film coverage single-handedly. It's no wonder then the 80% of the couples that hire him for both services. Over the past 15 years, he has photographed over 600 weddings, primarily in the Waterloo area, and has been featured in over 40 different wedding and photography magazines globally. In his personal life, Taylor is married to another incredible person, another guest of Workflows, Lindsay Coltler, and is the father to his puppy, their puppy, Richard. Taylor's a really fun person to talk to. There's always a lot of laughter. Without further ado, here's my conversation with my friend, Taylor Jackson. What's up, Taylor? Thanks for having me. Welcome yeah, to Lindsay's yeah. Plant Garden. My wife has created a beautiful, uh, if you're watching the video, yeah. We have a lot of plants, a lot. and none none of them are my doing. The funny thing is, it's the same exact view from when Lindsay was on. <laughs> yeah, it's our background. It is a good background. Here, this is her um, sign. There we go. Variegated yeah. monstera. It's life. <laughs> oh boy, this is gonna be a fun episode. This is gonna be a fun episode. Um, so, how was your birthday? It was good. Um, yeah, yeah. Went to kind of Iceland as a pre-birthday trip. Saw 24 hours of daylight, saw a volcano pop off, which was pretty crazy, and then uh, came home. So now now I'm here in front of the plants again. <laughs> yeah, Iceland's, Iceland's way better than the United States or Canada, in my opinion. Yeah, so as far as like some scenic things. goes. I mean, Banff is Not, cool, of course, but... <laughs> yeah, for, for buying beers, Banff is much cheaper than Iceland. 
it's like fifteen dollars for a beer at a bar in the in Iceland. So that's the downside, I guess, is the mm. doing activities. But you can always eat the hot dogs at the gas stations. That's the go to. You get your duty free, so whatever whatever you want to drink the entire trip, duty free as soon as you exit the airplane, basically. And just eat gas station hot dogs. They're amazing. They're high quality. I think they're lamb and pork, and it's a really, really nice hot dog. Remoulade, crunchy onions, fried onions, fresh good. onions. It's nice. All the onions. But but no blooming onion, that's for sure. That would be no, cool. Maybe, on a, on maybe that's where the, where the love of it comes from, from the blooming onion. Could be. <laughs> Um, so let's, let's dive right in. Uh, first question I ask every single guest is what is one thing you do for the photographic process behind the camera, um, that has saved you time? Hmm. So there's, I would say a number of things. Um, early, early on, I knew this isn't rapid fire, is it? I can come up with a three word answer if you want. Um, (laughs) I knew early, early on that I was going to be outsourcing my editing um, but this was, I started in 2005, so um, Imagine did not exist yet. Yep. And I knew very early on that I was going to shoot with the intention that someone else could handle my workflow afterwards and that I was always, I was going to be me on the day. I enjoy the day. I enjoy taking the pictures and being part of the day and creating uh, whatever it is that we create on wedding days. You never really know. You have a pretty decent idea going in, but it's always a bit of a surprise. So I knew very early on that I was going to shoot with the intention that someone else was going to be processing my work. And I think that that was a big mental hurdle uh, that I got over pretty quickly because it was always kind of that key part of my business. Um, But I can definitely see in people that I talk to that are kind of on the fence with going to imagine um, to just, I don't know, it's it's still a barrier that you don't want to release that final control of your work. Mm And uh, for me, at least, that was kind of the key thing that I did um, in terms of, I guess, making my workflow a little bit faster and better and um, also making more of a life that I enjoy, too. So I don't know if that answers officially the question, but I feel like that's the the bigger answer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, shooting with intention, shooting, knowing that that you're about to outsource, um, you know, a lot of the business to whether it's editing or, or culling or, you know, books for your clients or whatever it is. Um, yeah, shooting with intention, uh, knowing what, where how the rest, how the work, rest of your workflow is going to be is definitely, um, uh, you know, a, a good thing to, to save yourself time, um, uh, in camera, after camera, all, all that, all that stuff. Um, mm. so we, we're going to get to like specifically talking to about imagine later on. Um, but the next question I have for you is one thing you do for your business, besides from outsourcing to imagine, um, what is one thing you do for your business that saves you time or money? Hmm. I think hiring people um, saves Mm. technically both. So even though you're spending up front to kind of buy your time back, um, by hiring a bookkeeper and by hiring, um, I also do video as well. So by hiring a video editor, um, by, by hiring for the things that maybe aren't making you as much money, and actually investing in those and um, basically finding a way to make that make sense and for it to be as efficient as possible for your business. Um, I would say that's kind of uh, one of the keys for me. Is, is not, not, I mean, Tim has made appearances on your, on your YouTube videos, of course. Is Tim your video editor as well? No, uh, he, we shoot together. He's like proper full time. Uh, He does, I'm going to say about half photography and half video. 
Um, he doesn't, I don't think he likes the hybrid style. So I do both photography and video as one human. He also can. Um, but I think he likes to kind of silo it either as he is the video shooter or the photographer for the day right. now. Um, yeah. but yeah, he's, uh, he's busy. So he does all of that. And then I have, uh, my friend Tyler. So whenever we all work together, we're filming a video in two hours from now, and it's going to be <laughs> Tim, Tyler and Taylor all filming a YouTube video. Um, but Tyler is my editor for video. Um, he does a lot of the YouTube content, most of it, um, as well as kind of my wedding day stuff as well. You, you guys definitely need a shirt that all three of you wear that just says TTT and yeah. just make it a thing so that when Start you're all, gang. yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, hiring people. Um, so, I, I mean, you, you have to identify, of course, like, you know, from the beginning or as you grow, at least um, at a minimum, like who, what, what, what do I suck at or what um, do I love doing the most, like either end of the spectrum and find that medium of, okay, here's where I need to, to, to find a person to, to handle that. So I don't have to think about it anymore type of thing. Um, so yeah, it's how, how early on did you start hiring somebody to, to take on stuff? I think year two. Um, so to, uh, talk about, apparently I'm a dinosaur now. Um, so I started my photography business before Lightroom existed. So if you had a Mac, you could use Aperture, but Mm -hmm. if you did not have a Mac, you had to basically use Photoshop and go image by image. So you would load an image in and you'd be like, I think this is, this is roughly what I did for the last one. And you'd save that image out and you would load a new one and you'd throw your totally right actions pack or whatever you have, um, on your images and workflow was a nightmare. So I think year one, I did that. And in that time, it would actually probably take you 20 to 30 hours to process a wedding properly. And depending on variables, like if it got dark out and incandescent lights came on, you would go back through your gallery and there would be massive shifts from your white balances and just the way that you're processing images. So you would, you'd get to the end, you'd be like, finally done. And then you'd look at the gallery the next day and you'd be like, wow, this is massively inconsistent. And you would go back and you'd do it all again. Um, so I think by year two, I had enough volume that it, in my mindset, it was kind of like, I know how much I'm going to pay an editor. Maybe they're going to cost me maybe $10,000 over the year. So if I can book two more weddings to cover that cost, that's what I'm going to do. So year two, I just kind of focused a little bit harder on marketing and again, knew that I was going to be buying my time back that way. Um, so yeah, pretty early on is, uh, kind of when I made that decision and by year two, um, now it's like obviously so much easier because you're in full control and you don't have to hire somebody and train them or at least get some like test stuff back that you can just do it all yourself right now. Um, which is a heck of a lot less of a, a barrier to entry for it. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, it was early on and it was, it was, I think a smart decision. I think there was, there's a really valuable lesson there that you, um, just shared, which is if you're going to hire somebody or outsource something externally, um, and there's that added, there's going to be that added cost. It doesn't mean that you have to eat that cost in your business. You could find ways to recoup that cost, whether it's upsells, whether it's finding new clients, um, you know, get those, your recurring clients to come back for another session, whatever it is, you don't have to eat the cost. You can find ways to, to, to have that covered by your clients in theory. Um, yeah. So I think one of the easier ways, um, I guess maybe to speak specifically to imagine, sorry for just making this all about you guys. Um, <laughs> One of the easy ways would be now, so you sell a wedding 
and now it's a hundred dollar upgrade to get some sneak previews or whatever. I hate saying sneak peeks. Um, to get some preview images like the day after the wedding. And yep. you can basically use that to cover your cost of the product um, very yep. easily and also make some some bonus money too. Totally, totally. Yeah. Um, so talking about editing, let's, again, forget Imagine exists for a second. What is one thing you do for editing or have done prior to, to Imagine that has saved you, uh, saved you time? I think getting my preset really dialed helps a lot. Um, I use three presets depending on the venue that I'm at. So if I'm some like we had a castle venue that was very incandescent and kind of warm. Um, so I'd kind of have one preset. Uh, I also shoot the same venues over and over and over again. Um, so they're dialed specifically for those venues. And then I have one for kind of that green space winery. And then I have just kind of a, a general one as well. Um, getting those dialed that I could just apply the preset on the entire gallery and it would Pretty much, I would say, take it like 90% of the way, um, as long as you're shooting very correctly in camera. Um, I'm also shooting video, so I have to shoot that, that I have way less uh, leverage. I'm not shooting raw video. Um, so I basically have to, I'm shooting JPEGs and video. So I, I have to do that right. So I might as well do the, the photography side 100% correctly as well, which means not being lazy with white balances and getting the exposure right or as best I can. Um, in most situations, you can. Every now and then, you get hit with like a weird situation where the couple's getting married in um, a really dark, shadowy environment, and then the beautiful landscape is all bright color and in full sun behind them. Um, so something like that, you kind of have to aim for the middle and know that you have the highlight data and that you have the shadow data. But in pretty much every other normal wedding case, um, you have the ability to get it pretty much 100% correct in camera, and that speeds everything up um, yeah. significantly when you get back to post. Awesome. So I'm glad you mentioned presets. <laughs> you you kind of segued, segued me right into something I wanted to share, not only with you for the first time ever, but to all the Workflows listeners. Um, this is either rolling out now, because we're recording this mid-July, but the episode's actually airing in September. So this is rolling out either now, or it is officially out right now. I can't predict the future. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we have a feature we're calling a uh, light personal AI profile. Okay. So, um, historically, since Imagine ex has existed, you needed 3,000 or, oh, it used to be 5,000, now it's 3,000. <clears throat> We're always working to reduce that to uh, previous edits in order to create a personal AI, AI profile, which has made it, you know, easy for some, especially wedding photographers, more difficult for others. But, for those photographers with a preset that they've built over time or a preset they purchased at some point that want to build a personal AI profile, the Light personal AI profile will allow you to choose your Lightroom preset as, in a similar way as you choose your Lightroom catalog. You know, browse your computer, drag and drop, whatever. Um, and then it shows you a scale of like warmth and color, color balance and all that stuff. And... Basically, we're using AI to build a uh, personal AI profile based on your literally your Lightroom preset that you're using or have used on a regular basis. So we're making yeah. it very easy. It takes about 30 seconds. <laughs> um, and uh, I think the turnaround, the actual turnaround, uh, once you get past this like onboarding workflow, which is a beautiful thing that, that, that our, our developers have built, um, 
which that takes about 30 seconds to get through. And then it's faster to create the personal AI profile um, with the light version versus it learning from all of your edits because now it's just basing it on the data in this preset file. Um, yeah. And then your, your personalization beyond that. So, for example, if you, um, if you purchased a preset um, that was a film replication, but you like it, but you don't like how warm it is, you would literally just drag in that Lightroom preset and say, I liked it. I like them a little cooler. Go through this, this onboarding wizard, and now you've got your personal AI profile. Yeah, that sounds amazing. Um, I, <laughs> so the way that I use Imagine is still mm -hmm. that I will still use one of the talent profiles, and I'll apply my yep. preset on top um, because, again, I use multiple different presets. So this sounds kind of down my alley, I suppose. Mm -hmm. um, I also trust you guys, because you have like you've edited hundreds of thousands of images and you kind of know generally what that image should look like. And mm -hmm. to just be able to add my preset onto something that's that hyper consistent, um, I'm excited about. So thumbs up for that. And uh, <laughs> I will be using it for sure. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. What? And it's anybody who's ever bought a Taylor Jackson Lightroom preset can now <laughs> utilize that, you know, in their Imagine account in order to you know, edit with your Lightroom preset style, but, you know, that high high accuracy, high consistency of what Imagine's able to produce yeah. um, every single time, you know, so it's, it's going to be cool. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I'm happy that uh, you guys developed that because I feel like that's something that def is definitely going to be, like, like, again, it just makes the onboarding process even easier. No longer do you yeah. have to, you, well, you don't have to train a human, but no longer do you even have to train <laughs> the system and you're just kind of yeah. good to go based on something that you already are comfortable with. You're not using yeah. someone else's talent profile and modifying it that you're actually just using your own profile. So I feel like artist-wise, that feels a little bit better as well. That I'm not using yeah. John Branch and modifying that to, to yes. make my own images. So uh, And what, what else is really cool is that once you have it done and you're using it, you can upload your final edit in order to turn it, to turn it into, basically fine-tune it and turn it into a regular personal nice. AI profile. So it's not like a one and done. It's not um, just us applying the preset. It's us literally doing what we would do normally and allowing um, the AI to to uh, to keep learning, to get smarter, to see how you shift and adapt and change. It'll do it all with you. So nice. Um, well, yeah, really cool. Thanks for sharing that with me. Now I have to keep it yeah. a secret for a long time. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you do. Um, okay. So uh, we've talked about, um, you know, photographic process, the business, editing. Now, what is one thing you do after a session, you know, that has uh, increased business for you? Um, so from a business point and also a mental standpoint, I think I process everything as fast as I can now. Um, so I get home from a wedding and I will do my best to basically have so a wedding here um, typically ends my coverage probably ends around like 10 o'clock. So I'm usually home by about 10.30. And by about midnight, I would say I have everything uh, downloaded to my hard drives and also uploaded to Imagine. Then I go to sleep, wake up the next morning, um, even though it only takes a few minutes for Imagine to process. Um, I wake up in the morning with fresh eyes and just kind of go through everything. And that means the next day, my entire gallery from that wedding is done. And from a business standpoint, this is obviously great because I can send preview images and I can get those images to my couple pretty quickly. And they're able to kind of use 
their wedding announcement as my images rather than a cell phone photo or something from one of their friends. And so that's obviously good for for incoming tags coming back to me. Um, but more importantly, I think for me to just know that I have the final gallery online that I've gone through, I have all the family formals, I have all the images, I have every section of the day, and I've been through it multiple times. I think that helps my mental stress out a lot. Um, I used to, I travel a lot, so I was definitely um, a person that I would be, I don't know, on a flight somewhere and I'd be like, I know I have that backed up, but like, do I really have that backed up? Should I really format these cards that are in here without like verifying at my computer that mm -hmm. I in fact have all of this done? And now just having everything online, um, I don't know, makes my mental stress load a lot less. So uh, yeah, I'm pretty much, I could deliver the wedding day or the wedding gallery the day after the wedding. Um, I don't, I feel like there needs to be like a little bit of space for that, um, but I will send them previews and um, I feel like that's done a lot of good things for uh, for business. And I feel like it's slowly becoming kind of the standard for, for wedding photography as well. So uh, yeah. Nice. You mentioned um, your concern about backing up and do I wipe the memory card? Am I sure that it's backed up? Um, all that stuff. So imagine as backups now. <laughs> I didn't know if that was that was public or not. That's good. I like that. Uh, I don't know anything. By, by the time this episode airs. Okay. <laughs> um, I don't actually, so this is a, an honest question. I don't actually know. Yeah. So does that mean that when I'm uploading my, is it the smaller size DNGs that they're being backed up for or me? Pirates. Or, or high res, res? okay. Yeah. Or or optimized, like so. We've got three versions basically. You've got um, everybody who wants has access to the free low res, um, highly compressed backups, right? And then there's two high res option, sort of like what Google Photos does with their yeah. with their um, storage. Um, it's kind of like that. We're offering a compressed raw file. Um, it's still like. I was seeing like nine megabyte raw files. Um, nice. Uh, from we convert them to DNG, which is basically what saves space, and we shrink them down just a just a hair, um, and then we have full high res backups. You can choose which version of the high res backups you want, um, nice. which is cool. Yeah. So that makes my life happy too. So yeah. So right thank on you for solving all my problems. Whether you're calling or editing, yeah, it's it's as you're doing it, we're solving your problem, and we're we're your disaster recovery solution. So yeah. Lots I like fun. that. It's um, it's nice when all-in-one solutions actually make sense rather than just like yeah. one company trying to do like a hundred different things. And it's like, why are you also like a CRM now? I don't understand. <laughs> um, but I feel like yeah. this all like the photos are going to you guys anyway, so it makes total sense. And um, yeah, excited to use that too. That's awesome. Yeah, and we don't take you away from, from, you know, from anything. Like we're just being a part of it, right? We're just yeah. giving you the. It fits naturally into into that workflow already. Mm -hmm. um, so uh, we're going to go very off topic for a second before we get back on topic. <laughs> this is my favorite part. Pick a color. I'm going to go green. Going green. I think Lindsay went, went orange. Okay, <laughs> well, I'm going to shuffle. You're going to tell green? me when. Yeah, they All are. Right. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. By the way, you notice our shirts are almost matching too. I think yours That's is true. a little, little more green or could be reflecting off yours. Beautiful plants. Um, but, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to shuffle. You tell me when to stop. All right. Are you shuffling? Yeah, I'm going stop, through it. Yeah, stop yeah, yeah, now. Yeah. Stop now. Okay. okay. Stop, stop, stop. Okay, here we go. My next question to you is, oh, this is good. Would you accept a fatal mission 
in exchange for a lifetime of support for your family? Yeah, probably. Is it a cool mission? Because then that's like a yeah, for sure. But if it's like a really lame mission, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe if it says you're going to be the first man on Mars, but you're not coming back. But also, I guess, so the, the, uh, the thing that I assume that might not be correct is this like the world ends if I don't do this mission or do I just, <laughs> if I just don't go, everything is fine yeah. and I can continue just life as normal, then I might pick life as normal. I'm going back. It, on my it also depends. Like, can I, can I bring a camera with me? But yeah. will that live on Good after YouTube I'm video. already gone? <laughs> yeah so there's it's gotta I mean, be TGI Fridays. it would make sense for it to be like if it's it's super hot on mars right during at least during the day right so yeah. um it would make sense for it to be like some something with like a fiery sauce like a taco bell type of situation you know? that'd be good but i can pretty much guarantee it's going to be a mr beast burger with a <laughs> feastables grocery store yeah yeah maybe 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 or an amazon go you know you just yeah. walk in and <laughs> um okay so uh Back to workflows. Um, can you share an outline breakdown of your workflow from lead to delivery? 30,000 foot view down, just a bunch of bullet points. Lead to delivery. Lead to delivery. Um, so I am, so I, I can kind of walk, I'll walk through the business side of things and then I'll walk through kind of the technical with um, kind of my backup process. Um, it shouldn't take more than four and a half, five hours to yeah. finish this. Uh, this. We're good explanation. Um, so one of the massive changes that I made from a leads point of view is that I actually now have all of my pricing public, which means I get significantly less inquiries overall. But when I do get them, um, so I use, uh, I'm part owner of a company called Focal, uh, bookfocal.com. And I use one of their websites and basically somebody just clicks the button to request a book for the wedding date. Um, so I'm not necessarily getting an inquiry. I'm getting like a, an actual booking request. And I can say if, if we have like very, if, uh, basically like by having prices public, it means that you're going to have way less tire kickers, that there's nobody going to be coming in and just going to want to ask you 150 questions. Um, you're very much burning the potential that somebody may come in and they may fall in love with you and they might find the budget, even though they didn't have the budget to begin with. You are attracting only people that have the budget right now and can click the like basically buy now button and the back and forth in terms of emails um i counted the other day i do about 16 total emails with my couples now um so i send them eight emails they send me eight emails or eight email and that's it so it's pretty and that includes the entire wedding day so up to the wedding day is like 16 email total uh so that has made my life very happy that my email box is not clogged up, um, that the type of client that it seems to be attracting by having prices public are very self-sufficient. They want the thing. They're not going to ask questions. And I show up to their day. We do the thing. Um, so that has, I guess, drastically changed over last year. Um, last year, prior to that, it was the back and forth email that they would send me an email. I would send them the PDF for my pricing and they would decide if they wanted to get back to me at that point. And from there, it's typically into a phone call meeting. Um, I think that changed over uh, 2020 that I used to do in-person meetings maybe half the time. Um, I don't think I've done an in-person meeting since 2020 now. Um, my phone calls are usually 10 to 15 minutes. Um, they're pretty quick. It's For the most part, my couples just want to reaffirm that in fact I am a real person. Um, 
I guess I should also kind of caveat this with the fact that I have a ton of content of me and my face on video. Um, right. So if they want to do a deep dive into like my YouTube channel, maybe they're not there for the wedding photography education, but they can see that I do exist in real life and, and I'm not going to scam them. And they know um, your personality very well because they've, mm. you know, likely watched your videos or yeah, exactly. at, least, at least a dozen of them. <laughs> yeah. So they, uh, it's a pretty quick process usually for booking, yeah. um, from inquiry to booking now is <laughs> in some cases like three hours if I'm at my computer and I respond. Um, if I'm not at my computer, it's like a maximum of like two days maybe now. Um, so that's really, really nice. And from there, uh, I would say 25% of my couples get engagement sessions now. Um, so most of them get the hybrid photo video package and a lot of them take the engagement session out. Um, they think it's weird to just go and do photos for no reason. Um, so that's also been a massive shift that I've been seeing over maybe the past five years. Um, before, and maybe not before 2020, but like 2018, I would say probably 60, 70% of my couples did engagement sessions. And now it's um, kind of just completely flipped. So I don't do a lot of those. I go to the wedding day, um, I do the thing, take the pictures, do the video, come home, um, download everything. Uh, I guess we'll do the technical here quickly too. So I shoot everything to two cards. I never pull those cards out of my camera um, all day. I come home, I download those cards and I put them on two drives. So one is a working drive, one is a backup drive. And I drag them from the cards to each of those drives individually, I'm not just like copying my backup over to one in case I, for some reason, miss something or maybe finder crashed out. Um, and I will actually just sit there and I will watch them. So I just, I don't like do anything else. I watch the, watch the thing. Maybe I watch like a YouTube video on one screen. Um, and then I go through and I verify that yes, in fact, there is everything there. And I match the file numbers with the cards to make sure that yes, the math maths and, uh, the number of images is correct. Um, from there, I never touch that backup drive again. I work for my working drive. Um, it's a solid state drive. I'll build my um, my smart previews in Lightroom and I will upload it to Imagine that evening. Um, basically after that, I guess maybe this part of my workflow changes. Right now I do offsite JPEG backup only because my internet here in Canada, it's like, it's fine, but it's not doing high res raw files. Um, so I upload JPEGs only, again, shooting them as correct as I possibly can in my camera. and the, like realistically, if I lost all the raw files, I could I could go from the JPEGs. It would be no problem. Um, but it's just nice to have an offsite backup. Um, also within like as it's kind of going to imagine, it's also going offsite. Um, mm -hmm. Although maybe that will change now. So um, another kind of workflow tweak that makes things a bit easier. Mm -hmm. uh, after that, I again, as I mentioned, kind of put the gallery entirely together the next day and have that online, but not sending to the client usually until about maybe three weeks. Um, send some preview images, anything I'm excited about, I usually send to them. Um, if it's surrounding like a Mother's Day or Father's Day or something, I usually keep that in mind and I send kind of the appropriate images so that they have more things to share. And after that, that's typically it. Send the gallery, nice. send the video. Life is nice. <laughs> the, um, the, the 16 emails that you mentioned, how are any of those automated? Are they all manually done with like templates or how do you, how do you uh, structure this? It's kind of a mix. Um, I do have some templates, uh, but I would say most of it is pretty much like one line <laughs> communications now. Um, and then it's usually, so I also, uh, I, as I mentioned, shoot kind of the same venues over and over and over again. Mm -hmm. And I've selected those venues 
intentionally. Um, I'm preferred vendor at them, and I'll pretty much only work at those venues unless something comes in that's really cool. And everything happens on site there. So I pretty much only need a starting time. So if they say, be at the hotel for 11 a.m., I know exactly how the rest of that day goes, and I don't have any questions to ask them. Um, assuming everything's happening at that spot, um, I do maybe two or three um, if I'm shooting like a 40 or 50 wedding season, maybe three of those are going to be church weddings that are offsite um, that adds kind of that uh, additional logistic to it. But otherwise, maybe I'm doing getting ready photos at the couple's house. Maybe I'm doing them at one location and never moving. But I pretty much need two, like two times. Um, and then they'll usually just kind of attach the PDF of their final day. Um, but yeah, I have very limited questions because um, they also, I think, hire me because I'm the expert at those venues as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So, I think that's yeah. also a good lesson to learn it for for a lot of the, the, the listeners uh, is that, you know, as you, you know, continue in your career and build your business and grow and grow and grow, you, you get to know the venues that you love to shoot at. And if you can get on the preferred vendor list, that obviously will help increase your business dramatically, but also makes it so that you have to guess less. You, you're going to know how things roll at that at that venue, mm -hmm. um, which could, like you said, make your communication with the venue and your clients much smoother. Yeah. Much smoother. And I feel I feel like it all kind of is very weirdly circular in the fact that the type of couple that is going to just click the buy button on a photographer's mm -hmm. website is also a very likely couple to book at these venues that is kind of like this all in one solution that they can just say, one wedding please, 120 yeah. guests. <laughs> and then they hire a florist and they kind of put their personal touch on it. Um, but it seems like all of these things have kind of gone together to uh, make a business that I very much like mental load going to a wedding day is like, I don't know, I'm not stressed at all. I used to be so stressed, especially mm -hmm. if I had to like drive to 15 different locations on a wedding day, like so much could go wrong. Yeah. And now stress level is like zero going to wedding days. So I feel like I make way better work. Um, I'm just generally like a nicer, more, I guess, in, in the, in the space, uh, aware of what's going on so that I can actually, um, get those moments that maybe I would have missed 10 years ago if I was stressed and just like being like, I need to get to the ceremony right now. Like I need to leave. I need to be, be, got to beat the limo. Got to find parking downtown Toronto. Now it's just like, I can be with the, if it's a, there is a bride, I can be with the bride and her dad, like three minutes before the wedding. And I can get some candid coverage out there and then I can just walk into the to the ceremony and I can get the shots of them coming down there. Like it's I don't know. Makes my life my life is happier now, I think, than <laughs> fifteen years ago before I kind of really started fine tuning all of this stuff to yeah. make a business that I wanted. It it's a it's a learning curve for everybody and eventually you get to where you where you wanna be and um, you've definitely done that for yourself, which is which is fantastic. And I'm sure you still have more places you wanna go, but <laughs> never yeah. ends. Um so let's talk about AI for a minute. Uh, AI, obviously, as you've said, like years ago, none of this existed, right? None, of, so much was was not possible that is possible now, or you had to rely on humans, which take a lot more time and and whatnot. Mm -hmm. um, but what does the future of AI look like to you? Um, it, specifically within the wedding space, it's. Mm -hmm very fortunate that I feel like um, that we're kind of protected, I think, from the the bigger AI shift in photography that's actually going to be like 
generated images and um, all of that side of things for like headshots, like there's going to definitely be some changes. Um, yeah. On the wedding side of things, I feel like we're weirdly kind of okay because we are creating real work for real couples. And I think that there will continue to be a market for that, which yeah. is awesome. Um, and I feel like all of the tools over the past, even like three years, have really kind of taken businesses and workflows from like kind of okay to something that you actually kind of get a life back now. Um, you can you can have a little bit of a summer, even though you're still shooting like 30 or 40 weddings, um, that Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you can actually go out and have a bit of a vacation, which is pretty nice. Um, I think that that's kind of the biggest shift that I've seen. And it's kind of all about picking the tools and the pieces that work the best for you and make the most sense in building your behind the scenes business on that. Um, yeah. So yeah, there's there's going to be a ton of tools coming that are just going to speed our workflows up a lot. Um, and then I think one of the things that's maybe outside of that is like attracting those ideal clients that maybe communicate with you as much as you'd like them to communicate with. And that's mm. going to be one of those pieces as well that AI probably can kind of solve with templates and responses, but um, might not be able to do it as, uh, as accurately as you could. Yeah. So moving back to, uh, um, shoot, where, because <laughs> now you gave me a second thing I wanted to bring up again. Um, so the first thing was shoot. I forgot what it was. Um, oh, what, what, okay. I'm going to go on to the second thing because I can't remember what the first thing was. Um, so, so AI could in theory analyze your business, analyze your location and figure out the best way for you to market to your target market. Um, I could see, oh, I figured, now I remember what this is the first thing was. Um, so I do think that like, that is something that AI could get to at some point, whether it's its own service, whether it's part of something else. Um, I think like what Focal's doing, for example, for the website part of things with AI is a good move in like sort of that direction, you know, helping mm -hmm. to get the content that you're putting out there on your site to be more tailored to um, to your your target market. Um, um, the other thing I wanted to mention was you mentioned headshots. So there was a discussion in the Magic community. If you're not in the Magic community, if you're listening and not there, please go. Um, and that discussion was actually about generative AI and um, is it going to damage any of the industry? Like, is it going to to take away jobs or anything like that? And there was a pretty heavy-duty couple comments about headshots specifically that some imaginers think that headshot photographers are actually at risk. Do you, how do you feel about that? Do you think, because it is getting pretty darn close. To me, it's not yeah. quite there yet, but um, how do you feel about that as far as like headshots specifically? I've used two services now um, where you upload like, I think 10 or 20 of your photos of you in different positions. Yeah. Um, not just like 10 or 15 selfies, but like 10 or yeah. 15 images of you and like full body, half body. Um, and it will just basically generate a hundred headshot style, um, like Instagram style images for you. And you can put them in whether you want to be like a fitness influencer, you want to, them all to be sporting related. And it, as of like July of this year, and this is obviously going to change like with before this episode's even out, Mm -hmm. If it generates a hundred, eight of them are totally usable and yeah. could pass off completely as myself. So like 8% um, is kind of what I figured that a lot of them, they still does 
bizarre, strange stuff. You also kind of have to work within the limitations that it's not going to, as of right now, it's not going to make your your beautiful hands look exactly as they, they do in real life yet. Um, but for images that might not have your hands in them, it's going to do a pretty good job of just like your face. So um, yeah. I would say I would be a little bit nervous if I was um, maybe in the headshot space, I would figure out how I could kind of implement this and I could be on kind of the the edge with this as it comes in that if I could be building a business around the fact that like, Hey, you're going to come in for a headshot session. You're going to spend 15 minutes here. I'm going to get all of the data that I need. And then I'm going to give you a thousand images and you can just kind of pick your favorites. Um, maybe that's a new viable business model um, before it really kind of gets easily in the hands of everyone. Um, but I could see that being an issue. Um, I think in terms of wedding photography, one of the things that I am uncertain of at this time is that um, we noticed it whenever, uh, I forget whatever the company was that everyone started using kind of their headshots and everyone was like in space and stuff like that. Yep. Um, but I saw a lot of photographers using those AI images as their display photos very, yep. very quickly because it's just that better than real life version of you. And yeah. if the photographers are the ones already using Mm -hmm. these images that are not real images um it's a bit of a weird thing so yeah it's it's the, a it's a sign mm -hmm. and then yeah. i don't know where the where the line's going to be with uh with wedding couples that mm -hmm. uh obviously like in one of the uh systems i talked about there's actually a generate wedding that <laughs> will give you like all your wedding photos um with your partner and i don't know where the line yeah. is going to be with that yet um yeah. it could like definitely if I don't have a budget for my wedding and I want some nice photos of myself and my partner, like I can do sure. that in 10 minutes. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, but is it real? Is it like actually uh, the suit no or the dress? Like, it. <laughs> yeah, it's, but yeah. some people might not care. I don't know. Yeah. Um, and also like from the, the point of view of like, if you can have a better than real life version of yourself out there on the internet, like if you could have a very nice wedding in Hawaii and never have to, to leave Ohio. Um, I don't know. So that is future to be determined. I think for us as wedding photographers, um, I think we'll be pretty good for a little while. Um, yeah, but yeah, no predicting the future. Um, yeah, I don't know if you saw or follow Shutterfest, but we were, so Christine and I were at Shutterfest and, um, something that was definitely a talking point at the event and in their Facebook group was that all of the speaker banners that are you know, hanging from this from the ceiling were all mm. generated by AI. <laughs> and I so would they've say already maybe, done that. <laughs> oh yeah. This is like Shutterfest using AI for all yeah. their speakers. So you're talking however many banners, let's say there was eighty, because I don't know how many speakers there were. Um I would say maybe five of them actually look like the speakers. Um Okay. So it was you know, it was they was they were pretty far out there. It was, it was but at the same time, it was um, obvious that it was intentional to make it a okay. talking point, get people talking about the banners, yeah. you know, how fun they are and stuff. But um, And it was fun. It was fun to walk around and be like, that does not look like so-and-so. That does not look like yeah. so-and-so. Or, or like, damn, that made that, that made so-and-so look really good. <laughs> yeah. it's. Um, um, it also depends on, like, the person that's generating it, that if they don't know you, they could yeah. be like, I don't know, I'm looking at a picture of whoever, Vanessa Joy, and next yeah. to AI, Vanessa Joy, maybe they look pretty similar to you if you don't actually know them in real life. So maybe that's part of the part of the disconnect that you will get those eight out of a hundred images that are like pretty accurate. But I don't yeah, know. that's that's crazy that that though. That's um, 
Yeah. That's interesting. Um, so I'm going to ask one more question uh, impromptu before we dive into the last question. Um, so I just asked you about AI and photography, like, you know, what you think for the future. But Imagine has just announced this workspace that we are doing where everything from backups and culling and editing, it's all this seamless thing where it's integrated with each other. We, um, we can do things. Um, you know, coming in the future, we can send it off to your your pick time or your pixie set or Swift galleries or whatever it is that you're using for for album design and an IPS or or you know just online galleries or whatever it is or to your focal website potentially too, like whatever, right? Um, what does the future of workflows in general? What does that look like to you? What what kind of changes do you see coming in to to workflows in the future? with all the new technology that has been um, coming and coming and coming over the past three years? The uh, the thing that I would love, and this might be copyright Sam Heard, I don't know, um, <laughs> but basically as, as I'm shooting, mm-hmm. I would love to be shooting and having my camera or even if it's like a Bluetooth thing to a device or whatever, um, I would love to be taking pictures and I would love for it to be calling and selecting for me and then editing, and then when I get home from the wedding day, just have the gallery online. Um, that would be an ideal scenario. Yep. It will be probably a race to see what camera manufacturer puts like iOS or Android in their physical camera first. Um, I feel like that'll be a huge shift. And if all of a sudden you have your SIM card in your uh, Nikon or Canon or Sony or Fuji or Pentax or Olympus, if I miss anyone, someone's going to be upset. I don't think I missed any companies. Rico. Renolta. Um, Renolta, Yashica. If that shift happens, I feel like that speeds our workflows up a lot. Um, I will get nervous to the, I don't know, that again, we don't know, but maybe that starts to devalue um, the photography experience if uh, layered with AI that kind of like as now currently you can just take a crappy cell phone image of something and run it through AI and it makes just like a, a beautiful, perfect version of that same scene. And if there's that layer of AI and you're just kind of shooting with a phone or whatever, um, maybe that is uh, is going to be a weird time for photography. Um, so I think maybe now more than ever, or it's always been important, but like really developing a personal brand. And when your clients are hiring you, they're hiring you because they want specifically you, I think is one of the keys. Um, and unfortunately, one of those keys is probably get getting your face in front of a camera um, because as of right now, AI doesn't quite do that. It doesn't really match your, um, I think legally there's some, co- there's some gray companies that'll do it, but you can generate your face so you can have a talking head, um, but they won't yet match your voice to your talking head um, due to deep fake concerns and whatnot. Um, but at some point, yeah, you can probably just do a podcast and then it'll just make you a video of your talking head. Um, so I think before that becomes a an easy option for people to use, like just start now um, getting somewhat comfortable in front of the camera. I'm still not that comfortable in front of the camera and I've been doing it for like 20 years now, um, but I'm a lot better than I was 20 years ago. I wouldn't consider myself good enough to go on a national broadcast network and read from a teleprompter, but if I can, if I have final cut of my project, I can put something together and there's going to be a lot of crap in there and it's going to be a lot of awkward stuff. But um, as long as I have final cut, I'm kind of comfortable with it. Um, But I would say that that's going to be one of the keys to make sure that when couples are hiring you or when your clients are hiring you, 
it's because they want to work with you and that they kind of maybe on some level even want to brag about the fact that they get to work with you. And they're going to post that on social media and that, that you're the one that they want. And it's not just a photographer at their wedding or a headshot photographer. They want to be part of your world for a minute, too. So I think that's going to be one of the big things to make sure that you pay attention to, regardless of what happens and how crazy things get in the future. Nice. Well said. Um, you know, the the idea of shooting in camera and having it go up to whatever cloud um, platform, you know, so, so Fujifilm, for example started mm. this already right <clears throat> and imagine has been participating in that but it still requires wi-fi do you think the the necessity is that it is actually a cell phone connection like a a, a high-speed 5g 6g future 10g whatever the heck it is in the future connection rather than a wi-fi connection to to the internet yeah but the, I, I feel like if they're on wi-fi now that's going to be the natural progression of it that mm. to make it one step easier is going to be kind of moving into that um, but then there'll also be weird other things like in Canada, we have, I think the, maybe the worst or second worst cell phone pricing in the world. Um, my bill is regularly like three to $400 a month for my phone. Wow. Um, because we have two companies, we have, uh, Rogers and, and Bell and they own all the telecom. So our telecom is all privatized. So there's like no competition. Um, so for an instance like that, it's whatever they're going to offer up in terms of like allowing me to do this. And if I have to run 80 gigs through my 5G connection on a wedding day, that is going to be very expensive. Um, or they're going to throttle it massively if you do like an unlimited package. So there will be technical concerns and constraints maybe, but I think that's where it will be headed, um, hopefully in the future. But also like if everything can just be done on your device too, um, that's also a very nice time that you don't, like when you download the card, that those are all your finals. Um, or you don't even download the card, you just get home. Um, but yeah, so I would say that's kind of where workflow could be. But then also that's something that I could have said in like 2015 and it still gets closer, but <laughs> it was like, this is going to happen in two years. And then it didn't. So um, yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Maybe two years from today. <laughs> yeah. Realistically, we'll though. <laughs> um, so uh, last question for you is how did Imagine impact your life wow that's such an end can we get like some soft orchestral music under this um let's do it <laughs> so i would say the um the biggest shift for me has been in terms of just stress load um mm -hmm. coming home from a wedding knowing that i have everything done the next day um motivates me to get it done also uh so it's still kind of maybe in the the fun times games uh, thing where it's like kind of a game for me to get them processed and turned around as fast as I can. Um, so that has obviously helped me tremendously. The uh, Just the general consistency too. Um, my galleries have gotten significantly more consistent um, since moving to Imagine. And it's just nice that everything is just kind of exactly as I would do it. So I don't feel like I'm doing a disservice to my clients. If anything, I actually feel like I'm doing better for them. Um, by using Imagine and by just having, it's just so fast. Um, I think it's kind of end of the day, the thing for me is that it's uh, like the fastest workflow that I can imagine really. Yeah, see, I use nice. the company name. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's kind of how it's changed, I guess, my, my workflow and my mindset. Um, and yeah, it's like kind of a core piece of what I do now um, and I also, I don't know, like yesterday, Lindsay was at a wedding and she processed everything like at the wedding day. 
Uh, so it's like really, really speeding things up and clearing out workflow problems like backlogs. Like usually in um, recording this in July, usually I would have like maybe six or seven weddings that I still haven't delivered that I was waiting to get back from an editor. And now all of them are just done. So um, yeah, you get to enjoy your life a little bit more. Um, you get to post a little bit more on social media because you don't owe people things that are overdue. Um, which is another thing that when we're traveling, it's like, ah, if I owe somebody a wedding gallery, like I'm not even going to post about this trip because I don't want them to know that I'm like not doing their stuff. Um, whereas now before I go on a trip, just send that gallery off and, and they can be happy and I can live my life and yeah, yeah. weird social pressure, but <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I'm so glad that we were able to, um, to, to really help both, both you and Lindsay, of course. I mean, I asked Lindsay the same question, like, you know, three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever I talked to her. Um, yeah. and, uh, so it's, it's really nice that being able to help the two of you, um, I'm sure, I mean, I obviously can't say, but I'm sure that all that time back has probably helped your relationship as well. You know, being able to, you guys are together all the time working and traveling and doing all stuff, but like, you can only imagine like not having to have that, that, um, both of you having the, the calling and editing pressure nonstop, you know, yeah, it's um, probably made a nice impact. It's nice to have a summer. And we, so Lindsay kind of did this, that she books off all the long weekends now and goes to the cottage. And that used to be like a pretty stressful time because she would be at the cottage trying to relax, but then also knowing that she has the pressure of like maybe six weddings that she hasn't delivered and like 10 family shoots and like a couple branding sessions. And now all of that is just done and you can just enjoy your life. So um, I guess modify the business as you want it to be, but know that the workflow is just so much faster now um, that yeah. you can actually enjoy your life a little bit more in the summer and kind of peak season. Yeah. Awesome. Um, Taylor, where can listeners learn more about you, connect with you, and of course, see your incredible photography? I am, <laughs> I would say just Instagram is maybe the easiest place to, to begin. Uh, Instagram.com slash Taylor Jackson. Uh, you can also search me on YouTube. There are I think a thousand videos almost up at this point. Uh, I was going to say the maybe scenes like wedding days. <laughs> there's like a few, yeah. Um, yeah, there's like full behind the scenes wedding days doing either photography or photo video coverage and all of my camera and lens reviews and everything go up there as well. So uh, lots over there. That's where I spend most of my my digital time, I would say. And the, the musical is a must watch. A yes, it didn't perform so well. Surprise. Uh, every I'm... time we do something that's a passion project, it's always... <laughs> Performs very poor, but we're we're happy that we made it and that you it's fun. and fifteen other people also enjoy it. <laughs> I, I I see. To me, I I mean, I love all your videos, but um, and when we, when we first met, I think I even told you how I've been following your videos since you started, and I've enjoyed them all. But like, I love these like completely different types when you do those. Like, n nobody's ever done that before, and you actually took the time to find the music and write the words and actually sing rap do a little bit of this a little bit of that you know it was it's great so yeah, i enjoyed it it's it's fun um, it's like i don't know like anything in your business that if if something seems like it might be interesting to you you might as well go out and do it because otherwise yeah. like you can't if you wait for somebody else to do it then i don't know it's not gonna be as fun you gotta yeah take some risks sometimes and sometimes they pay off. Sometimes they, this easily could have, like if this gets picked up by Broadway, like that could have been a whole new direction for my business. Um, but we didn't know, we didn't know if it was going to yeah. or not. Um, yeah. it didn't, uh, spoiler or it hasn't yet, I should say. Um, 
but yeah, it's fun to to also have the time to be able to do things like that that are uh, just for fun projects that you know aren't going to necessarily appease the algorithm, um, but are something that you just want to do and that you think are fun to kind of put out there in the world. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, bring smiles to people's faces, you know, is a is a yeah. nice thing. And confuse Even a lot of people well in YouTube. Japan. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for for hopping on, for joining me and, and chatting about your workflows and all the fun stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, that's it. So we'll talk again. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Taylor, thank you so much for that incredible conversation. I know there was so much in, as far as takeaways go, and I can't wait for everybody to uh, dig in and, and, and start implementing some of the things that you talked about. You have been listening to Workflows, presented by Imagine. To hear more from Workflows, to find links to our guests, and for an exclusive offer for Workflows listeners, please go to imagineai.com podcast. And be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time.